Thank you all for tuning in to some special edition bonus content brought to you by The Barry and Mac Show and Sooners360.com. Make sure to go sign up. Today, you all get the Blitz period with Jalen Ross, but he had a special guest on. None other than five-star quarterback himself out of Denton, Texas, Mr. Jackson Arnold. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blitz period. I'm your host, Jalen Ross, and this is a pretty special episode here. Uh, we promised you guys that we would have some some special guests on throughout the offseason, and especially as we get closer to the bowl game and things like that. Uh, we want to talk about just the season as a whole and all these other things. So uh, our second guest, if you guys missed our first guest of the season, it was uh, Hayes Fawcett, recruiting expert a couple weeks back. We had a pretty, pretty solid interview there, got into a lot of recruiting talk on the Oklahoma end. But this one is a one that I know that people – uh, requested one that you guys actually just found about found out about and uh, a guy that has some pretty pretty solid expectations already before he even hits campus but uh, we want to welcome in five-star quarterback Oklahoma commit Jackson Arnold to the show for the first time uh, Jackson first off let the people know how you're doing how's finals and all that stuff going for you doing fantastic uh, just just finished my last final uh, yesterday and I'm completely done with high school so Little, a uh, little bittersweet, but it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I well, can't complain too much about that because you're on the no. But um, so as you talked about finishing high school, and as uh, many of us know, last week you guys' season ended as well. And yeah. uh, this weekend begins the tech. Well, they've actually already started, but this weekend kind of starts the big time Texas State Championship games. And uh, I know you guys were expecting to be there. I know I was talking a lot about you guys being there. But when you look at it overall, not a bad season. I mean, you guys went and finished 14 and one, ran through everybody's face. Uh, just talk about the season from your perspective. Uh, it was a, looking back on it, it was a great season. Uh, obviously, not how we wanted to finish the season. You know, would love to have gone out in the win uh, this week. But um, you know, looking back, I'm super proud of everyone that stepped up, whether that was juniors that stepped into roles that um you know maybe seniors left last year and uh stuff like that but I'm super proud of how our team played all year and I feel like personally I, I had a pretty pretty good year yeah just for you you know for me being on the outside looking in I mean I saw you guys hired a new head coach before the season started mm -hmm. and uh you guys have a lot of have a lot of young talent on that team yeah. so um Seems like you guys may end up doing some work again next year. But um, since we're talking about seasons, as we all know, uh, our beloved Sooners obviously did not have a very great year. And I know a lot of people have been in my ear, definitely been in your ear about, you know, your commitment and stuff like that. But before I really dive into all of that, I just also kind of want to get your thoughts on how this season went for Oklahoma. Uh, not as expected, obviously. Um, there's a lot of, you know, I say not as expected. Uh, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations put on uh, Coach Venables just because, you know, I think it was all the animosity with Lincoln leaving. You know, they kind of had to get gain a ton of hope for this next year. Um, and that was by, you know, hyping up Coach Venables and 
while he is, I think he's a fantastic coach and he hired a fantastic staff, they lost about half their team uh, overnight, pretty much. So I knew there was going to be growing pains. I knew that stuff wasn't going to go our way all the time. And um, the out the outcome that we got was, you know, obviously not not good and not to the level of OU football, but I think it's, I guess, I guess I'd say a step in the right direction because, you know, our you know, BV's culture is starting to dive into the program and people are starting to buy in more and, you know, going six and six with a roster that, you know, half of them aren't even there from last year. I think it really wasn't, you know, too bad of a year. And most of the games that we lost are most of the game, like most of those games were one score, two score games. So, you know, one play, the the whole, you know, record could be flipped around. So. Yeah, you talked a little bit about the staff there, and so I know you were offered by Ole Miss spring yeah. uh, of last year by Coach Levy, and then obviously he comes over to Oklahoma, and you get know you offer a week after uh, Coach Venables is hired, actually a week after Coach Levy is hired as well. Um, so I want to know, like, did you have any, you know, being a kid that grew up in Texas, I mean, did you have any familiarity with OU? I've said that word wrong, but were you familiar with OU? Did you were you a fan? Like, what was it before you even got offered? Did you have some type of connection with the team that kind of made that made that appeal to you? Because you committed to the that the you committed to the Sooners about I think it was a month after you got offered. So yeah, uh, obviously you got you know recruiting. You talked to the coaches and all that. Mm-hmm. But what was like your what was just your perspective looking at OU just as a kid and growing up and stuff like that? Yeah, so I'll I'll go back to like when I was almost when I was born, I was uh, born in Georgia, born in Swanee, Georgia, was born and raised for 10 years there. And I was a huge Georgia fan growing up. So, you know, if my mom, my mom got a job promotion out in Texas, that's why I moved out here. If she didn't get a job promotion, I'd still probably be a huge Georgia fan, but um, moved out here, uh, you know, in North Texas, it's a mix of TCU, Texas, and Sooner fans. There's plenty of them out in North Texas. So, you know, a bunch of my really good friends, their parents are diehard Sooner fans. My friends are diehard Sooner fans. So I was always around watching uh, OU football games and stuff like that and watching the uh, the Rose Bowl, uh, OU versus Georgia, watching games like that. I obviously knew what type of, uh, what caliber of a program OU is. So I was, I was never a fan of OU football, but, you know, I knew the proximity it was to where I live right now. And, you know, Denton, Denton's my home now, you know, I don't, when someone asks you where you like, where's your home, I'm going to say Denton, Texas, not Swanee, Georgia. So being two and a half hours away from home, two hours away from home was just super intriguing. And I, I was never really a fan, but just that proximity and, you know, obviously being offered by Coach Levy and talking to him for a long time, just, it's kind of eye opening, you know, going up there for the first time in January and meeting the whole staff, it, I just kind of knew that it was it was the place where I wanted to be. Yeah, you talk about your relationship with Coach Levy, and it seems like you and him have a really solid relationship. I think we all know Coach Levy's a great guy, real chill dude. So when you look at it, and you, you mentioned that, like as a quarterback, you look at Oklahoma, it's really easy to see why it's appealing. You look at the Heisman trophies and all that stuff. But obviously two weeks before you were offered, they lost the quarterback whisperer in Lincoln Riley. And so I want you to kind of go, if you can, go into what were the discussions with Coach Levy, Coach Venables, that kind of led you to make that decision in January? 
Um, I want to say when I first, I didn't get offered by Lebby on this phone call, but he called me. He he actually kind of ghosted me for like two weeks, uh, which was kind of odd because that never happens. I'm normally always talking to Coach Lebby, and this is this is a uh, December, December of last year, so a year ago from now. And I'm like, that's kind of weird, you know. He doesn't really doesn't really ghost me. See, it wasn't wasn't responding back, so I thought something was kind of up. He ends up calling me, God, late late December, and told me before it was announced that he got the OU job, and told me, you know, said shoot, I guess Ole Miss was like seven hours away. He goes shoot, two hours is a lot closer than seven, man. I want you up in Norman, and just from there, just uh kind of uh, kick-started that, that momentum to get me up to Norman in January and go visit it for the first time. And when I was up there, I, I loved what Coach Venables was preaching, you know, with, with how new that staff was and with everyone he brought in. The fact that, you know, they, they were all on the same page when I first got there, which was really intriguing to me because they, it's, you know, he picked out people from, Coach Levy was from Ole Miss, Coach Valai was from Alabama, Coach Hall was from Troy, took some guys from Clemson, like stuff like that to bring them all together and for them to have the same mission, the same goal was super appealing to me when I first got there. Yeah. And it's the kind of the thing with that staff too, is they all have a connection in some way, shape or form. Mm. It all, all goes back to a few years back. I mean, you talk about coach Levy being a guy that graduated from OU coach hall, same, same story, coach Bates working with coach Venables at Clemson and stuff like that. So you do already have that together, but I do, you've mentioned taking the trips up to Norman. So I kind of outside of talking to the staff, what, what's been your favorite part about really, let's just say, let's say campus that it can be football. It can be a restaurant, something, anything you can yeah. think of. So I, I love camp. I love how like layout is of campus. Honestly, that was one thing that really caught my eyes. Everything's kind of close to each other. So whether that's you know, not a far walk to class or not a far walk to campus corner, I just love the proximity of everything. And uh, restaurants, definitely Louis. That is by far my favorite spot in Norman. Smart one. Smart one, because they're they're all over the state, too. So it's really popular up here. But um, so I said I was going to get into this. So you look at the season Oklahoma had. They finished 6-6. Six and six. We saw all that. And I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. But the question that I got every week was well really the question and statement that I got every week was I'm scared Jackson's gonna decommit or is Jackson gonna flip to AM or all these all these other schools that just kept coming out of the, the weeds every freaking second of every day. But we obviously all stood on this on the pedal of no he ain't going anywhere and then of course people want to ask why and all that. So from you, tell me what is it that really kept that's kept you bought in? Looking at the season that they've had and all this other stuff, what is it that's that's kept you a part of this recruiting class? I think a big part of it is the relationship I have with the coaches. Um, you know, I'm not just close to Coach Levy; I'm close with everyone. I mean, I talk to Coach Fly almost every week. I talk to Coach Hall almost every week, and people that are on the other side of the ball. So just having relationships with people like that and me being comfortable with that whole staff. Like every time I go up there, they treat me like family and it makes me, it just makes me not want to go anywhere else, you know, cause I know I just, from other experiences I've had, um, I'm not bashing on other schools or anything, but I've never had an experience like that at another school, whether that's like, like Notre Dame or, or TCU or somewhere, wherever I visited, 
it hasn't felt I haven't felt that comfortable in a place than I have at OU before. And I think you know that's a big part of it when it comes to uh people asking like, why aren't you flipping? It's just I feel I feel really good at the spot. I feel like I made a great decision the first time I made it. And uh, you know, I'm I'm going to a great situation too with a you know, with the, with the whole uh, quarterback situation, I feel like I'm stepping into a good situation for me, one that will benefit me in the long run. And I just feel like there's just no need for me to flip anywhere else. Yeah, and that's that's that also goes back to the point that recruits do not care about results as much as people think. So, um, so you're getting ready to sign the letter of intent uh, on Wednesday of this upcoming week. You guys are going to move in, I think, sometime in January. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you're also enrolling early. So what, from you just right now, what's kind of your expectation going into, you know, winter workouts and obviously you got a little bit until spring ball, but just your expectations heading into that, heading into spring ball, heading into really just your, your first semester in college. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm super excited, honestly, uh, whether that's learning, the, learning Levy's playbook uh, or whether that's, you know, having my first class in college, I'm just super excited to, you know, I guess try something new. Uh, I've never been away from my parents before like this. Uh, I'm an only child, so it's my parents' first time having their kid away from them like this too. So it's a completely different experience, um, but I'm super eager to kind of, I don't know, step, like, step my foot into the water and try something new. So I'm just excited for the whole whole new experience. Yeah, and I was actually going to ask this earlier while we were talking about uh, Coach Levy and, and the staff and things like that, but I do want to ask about, uh, you know, his offense and, and the things like that. Like, what what is your relationship like with Coach Levy? Super close with Coach Levy. I've always been since, uh, I guess, uh, last spring. No, no, no. Yeah, last spring. Um, he was one of the coaches that took a chance on me early on. I think he was like like my fourth or fifth offer, which, uh, you know, coming from an SEC school, giving an offer to someone who hasn't started the first game of football yet, you know, shows how much trust they have in you. And alongside that, Levy's offense is very – I'm very familiar with because it's almost essentially what we run in my high school, uh, fast tempo, RPO, you know, deep shots, vertical, vertical shot offense. So it's something I'm very familiar with. I think it's something that I'll be able to pick up easily and thrive in. Yeah, and that's what you want right away as well as a high school kid. So uh, I, I know another big thing that we've been talking about the past few weeks is uh, Dylan Gabriel's situation. And, you know, I don't really think there's a situation, but I know people are asking, you know, is he leaving, is he staying and stuff like that. And then people are asking about you potentially being QB1 next year and things like that. And that's obviously stuff you have to wait to see. But when it comes to that whole subject of Dylan Gabriel, uh, basically, let's just say he is returning next year. You know, he's got the nod. Are you coming in to, like, what is your mentality from a standpoint of, like, I'm coming in to learn and 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 kind of get a little bit of leadership, learn a little bit of leadership under this guy, or I'm coming in to compete right away? Yeah, you pretty much nailed it with that uh, that first statement. I'm, I know uh, Dylan's a proven veteran. Um, I'm obviously, I'm. Mean, I would, I would think that Lebby would play Dylan over me just based off pure experience, you know. Um, and I'm coming in to learn, honestly. Like I'll go and compete. I'll go in and push Dylan to practice and all that stuff. But 
ultimately I know Dylan's going to get the, get the nod. So I'm going to sit behind him and learn and uh, soak up pretty much everything he can, he can pour into me, which will help me out in my years to come. Yeah. So, uh, and, and here's another point I kind of wanted to make as well, just for the people out there about this. Um, and I don't know how accurate this is because I've just kind of made this statement that I would assume that that conversation was had with you and Coach Levy about, you know, hey, there is a chance Dilly can come back next year if this season doesn't go the way that we we expect it to. And obviously that seems to be the case. So you guys heard it here first. But anyway, um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, I wouldn't call it expectations, but I would say you, you've you been to quite a few games this year in Norman. Uh, you've obviously been to Norman at all, period, a lot of times. And you've seen this fan base. You've seen this fan base on social media. You've seen them in person and things like that. And the thing about being a quarterback is at Oklahoma is you've got, a, you've got a hell of a lot of expectations on your shoulders, especially from this fan base. So what's what's kind of your, your angle, your view of – of the fan base and then, you know, how, how do you handle those expectations so early on? Yeah. Uh, I love our, of our fan base. Um, super active on Twitter and, you know, always showing up to games and I'm super appreciative of that, but uh, at the same time, they're your, uh, they're your big, biggest critics too. So, I mean, you know, you can enjoy uh, the fans um, cheering you on all the time, but, you know, with all those those hateful and negative comments and all that stuff, you just kind of have to block it out. And I think that kind of dives into expectations too. You know, all the expectations and pressure that um, I guess people put on me, um, it's there. I know it's there. Um, I try my best to ignore it just because, I don't know, if you let that affect you mentally, then it'll change the way you play. And that's just, that's not what I want. And that's not how I want to play. So. I think for me, just kind of blocking out the noise and staying focused on, you know, on our main goal, which is, you know, whether that's winning the day in practice, winning the game during the week or winning a national championship, you're staying focused on the main thing and, you know, kind of drowning out the noise uh, really helps me kind of push those uh, expectations and all that pressure to the side. Gotcha. So the way things look now, you will be Oklahoma's starting quarterback by the time they play their first season in the Southeastern Conference. And you talked about being a kid born in Georgia, growing up a little bit there, and then, you know, you being really from Texas. But one, I want to get your thoughts just on the move to the SEC as a whole. What do you think about it, having been a kid that's grown up half his life in SEC country? Yeah, it's it's going to be different, for sure. Um, it's going to be very challenging, but – um. I think it's going to be great for us as a program just because, you know, the SEC, the most well-known conference, the most competitive conference, it's only going to make us better. And uh, maybe we'll go through a rough patch. Maybe we'll dominate as soon as we get there. But um, I just know at the end of the day, it's going to be the best thing for our program. Yeah, so so to kind of to the subject of you growing up a little bit in Georgia, did you go to a lot of bullball games growing up? Uh, I went to a, went to a handful. I didn't know. I wasn't like a, a regular going to them every single weekend, but I think I went to like maybe probably 10 in my life, I'd say. Well, yeah, if I think I'm correct. You would have grown up in the era of Georgia football. That was fairly mediocre. So 
Yeah. Not too much, but I think the fan base will be cool as long as you didn't root for them in that Rose Bowl in 2017. So, uh, all is well there. But, um, so to my next point about the SEC and you potentially being the guy heading into that part, and you talk about the competition. I mean, you look at it; it's kind of like, I mean, it's it's really the closest thing to the NFL that you get in college when you talk about the competition stuff like that. But um, for you, you kind of you, you're basically really like the catalyst of this class, and like we've talked so much about you being really the guy that's held it together and stuff like that. What's been your message to some of the other guys? Maybe if there's a guy in the class that was thinking, "Hey, maybe this isn't the best opportunity for me. Maybe I need to explore some other some other schools, go see some other campuses and stuff like that." But what's been your message to those guys basically saying, hey, man, like we can just stick it out. We'll be fine. This, that, and the other. Yeah, just just believe in the staff. You know, as I touched on towards the beginning of the podcast, I mean, BV was left with half of the roster, if that, and a brand new coach and staff. So not a lot to work with. So, you know, six and six, while not ideal, um, is not the worst thing in the world with, you know, what he worked with. Um, and I think that Coach Venable's track record, Coach Levy's track record, uh, speaks for itself. You know, with Levy, a fantastic offense past, I think, three years or two years he's been at Ole Miss. And Coach Venable's defensive stat, defensive records, you can look those up. It's, there's so many to even count. So I just, just uh, I guess, staying true to what you thought when you first committed um, and just kind of believing in the staff that, you know, they're going to put us in the best possible situation to go win every single week these, these next couple of years. Yeah, so when you look at it, kind of on the surface, there are a lot of people out there that I don't want to I don't want to say comparisons, but I'll say that that there, there's kind of some people that think you mirror certain people's games. I mean, I've I've always said you kind of remind me a little bit of Jason White. Granted, I wasn't born when he played, but I've seen a little bit of his game and stuff like that. But uh, is there any quarterback out there can be pro college, whatever it may be all time? It don't matter. Any quarterback out there that you. I'll say model your game after a little bit or a guy that you watch when you want to kind of uh, tune up your mechanics or different things like that. Yeah, uh, I'm about to say somebody, and I'm not saying that I play like him at all because I don't in any way, but I absolutely love watching Aaron Rodgers play. Uh, just the way he throws the ball, just he makes it look effortless. And I don't – my game doesn't mirror his game. I think nobody's game will ever mirror Aaron Rodgers' game, but I just love the way he throws the ball. Yeah, I like the emphasis on I'm not comparing myself to him. That's smart play right there. But um, so is there any idea what what number you're going to roll with once you get to Oklahoma? Absolutely no clue. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people have been asking because, you know, we got to get those jerseys and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, got to be pretty fun to see. But uh, just just – and I mentioned this as well with kind of the quarterback history that is at Oklahoma and stuff like that. I could probably guess your answer here, but is there any quarterback really that you've looked at in the past few years at OU that's been like, dang, I really I like I don't want to be like that guy, but that guy that that's somebody that I wanna I wanna try to let's say emulate. Come on, you'd have to ask me this question. 
you already know the answer to this question. Baker Mayfield. Definitely. <laughs> you know what? That's who I thought you were going to say when I asked about yeah. the comparison. Because yeah. that's another name that people have been throwing out there as well. And I can see it to, uh, to a certain extent yeah. as well. I mean, and, and also, um, I know all you fans, but I like this one, but I, I really think – I think the world of Caleb Williams. I think he's an absolute stud. Um, even though he was only with them for a season, I still think uh, you could classify him as an OU quarterback for a season. And I, I think – I personally think he's a fantastic ball player and would love to have the arm strength and arm talent that he does. So. Now I'll tell you this. If anybody has a problem with you saying that, that's just – that's on them. I mean, I don't think – Caleb deserves a ton of hate from from our fan base and things like that. I mean, he, he anybody who's kept up with the page and stuff knows that all that stuff was far from his fault. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, back to the interview. Not worried about Caleb Williams right now. But um, I think that's about all we got today. Didn't want to go on too long. Had to keep it a little bit short. Um, I know you guys wanted scoop on a certain situation. I'll tell you, you're not getting it in this interview. Uh, we'll talk about. <laughs> stuff later on down the road but um jackson as you get into we mentioned you know signing day coming up and you guys getting ready to move in and things like that um you do you would have graduation coming up too right uh our graduation's in may okay i, I thought some high schools had it yeah and, and stuff like that no no, no. I'll, I'll come back during may and, and walk with the whole school so okay dope so, yeah, as you get get ready to handle all that and ready to go on all these things. And before we sign off, is there any last thing that you want to say to the fans or anything like that? Nothing much, man. I'm just excited to sign next Wednesday and be up on January 14th in Norman. Yeah, and then you got to go see old Jerry Schmidt. So <laughs> we wish you luck on that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to yeah, need it. Yeah, but Jackson, we appreciate you joining, man. Thank you for uh, being in tune on the page and being in and stuff like that, man. We're uh, really happy to have you here. We're glad you stuck it out. Uh, we know you've meant a lot to the fan base over the last few months, and people are really excited for you. So it's going to be really awesome to see you when it once the, once the fall, really once the spring hits, but once the fall hits and we actually get to see you in uh, game shape. Yeah, appreciate it. By the way, before we do actually sign off, uh, and it's just me here, Jackson's gone now, but um, we do want to say rest in peace to the legendary Mike Leach. Um, you know, it was obviously a really tough loss for the college football world this past week. This past week, uh, Tuesday, I think it was uh, devastating on all accounts, and, and it's really crazy to see this. All these people from Norman and in the Oklahoma area that that speak so highly of of a uh, coach Leach and crazy thing about it is coach Leach was only at Oklahoma for one season in 1999. And I mentioned this on our tribute post the other day, how coach Leach was pivotal to the success of Oklahoma football, to the resurrection of Oklahoma football in the nineties. And he really had a big hand in it. And even Bob Stoops even mentioned it the other day on the ref that, uh, you know, that national championship team, he had a big hand in, it, even though he wasn't coaching at Oklahoma at the time, they still ran his offense and they won the national championship with it. So, uh, you know, it's really incredible just to see all these stories and all these tributes. Shout out to my man, George Stoya. He had an incredible story about, um, about his dad and coach Leach. You guys can go to George Stoya three on Twitter to find it. It was really cool to see, but it's been really great, great to see all these uh, different things come out 
about Coach Leach. Um, like I said, absolutely devastating loss. You know, I mean, when you think about Mike Leach, you obviously think about the person. You think about just the the national treasure that he was. You think about, you know, the shallow musings things they had on game day, college game day. But when, when you think about football, you think about the air raid. You I mean, you think about the great offenses. You think about, you know, Graham Harrell and, and Michael Crabtree and, I mean, Garner, Garner Minshews and all these great players that uh, got their teeth cut under Coach Leach and the success that he had. I mean, the thing about him is anywhere he went, he won. I mean, you look at Texas Tech. I don't think we know that much about Texas Tech at all if it wasn't for him. And even after he was let go at Tech, his impact was still around there because they had offenses that would just drop 60 on you in a heartbeat. Uh, I mean, you look at the coaches that this man has all over the place in the football world. Cliff Kingsbury in the NFL, you know, obviously that's not going too well right now. But, I mean, guys got a coach in the NFL. I mean, you think about the Lincoln Rileys. You know, I know we don't like to say that name around here, but there is no Lincoln Riley without Mike Leach. That's that's just a for sure promise. Uh, because I don't know if you guys have seen the story that also came out where, you know, Lincoln walked onto the team at Tech. Leach told him, "You ain't gonna play, but we'll let you be a student assistant." Lincoln took the job, and the rest is history. He ends up going on to be one of the best head coaches in college football. Uh, you know, you talk about the Dave Arandas and. Uh, um, I know North Texas' new head coach, Eric Morris, was a guy I think he played. No, he didn't play there. He, he was somewhere with Mike Leach. I can't remember where it was at, but I know he got uh, his teeth cut under him as well. So really impressive to see just the men that this guy has produced and uh, the players he's had, the coaches he's had. And, you know, again, it's really hard to put into words. I mean, I think – you know, it was definitely kind of weird just, just Sunday night when the news came, or Sunday afternoon when the news came out that he was uh, hospitalized. I think we all thought that it was it wasn't something too serious. You know, we figured, oh, hell, it's Mike Leach. I mean, it's not going to be something that bad, right? And uh, I kind of had this little picture painted in my mind that, you know, Mike Leach being Mike Leach, that he was just going to tweet something out of nowhere and just everybody realizes, okay, he's fine. But uh, obviously it didn't turn out that way. So uh, once again, rest in peace to the legend. Um, by the way, if anybody from the College Football Hall of Fame is listening to this, I know you aren't, but if you are, put them in. Okay, I know you guys got that dumb rule. You got to win. What I think the rule is like 60% of your games or whatever like that. The man has 59.6. If you're good at math, that rounds up to 60. So put the man in the Hall of Fame. Let's not be stingy about these rules. Let's just do it right. Let's make an exception. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame. Because, again, you cannot tell the story of college football, especially in the last 20, 25 years. You can't tell the story of college football without talking about Mike Leach in any way, shape, or form, whether it's the offenses, whether it's the coaches, any way you can shape it, you got to do it. So, um, yeah, once again, rest in peace. Uh, we'll miss you, Coach. And, uh, you know, tough loss, tough loss, really not even just for the for the college football world, but for the world in general. Just a great man, a great coach. And uh, it absolutely sucks to see. But uh, once again, thank you guys for tuning in today with this interview. Uh, like I said, not a lot of scoop in it that I know you guys probably wanted on a certain kid from Denton guy or named Peyton Bowen. Uh, and hey, maybe, you know, maybe some stuff has came out by the time you're listening to this. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys share it the review, do all that good stuff, and we'll see you guys next week. We should be back on schedule next week because your boy's on break now. So uh, we should be back on schedule 
Next week will be the Florida State preview since the game is on a Wednesday. We're just going to go ahead and knock the preview out next week. Uh, hopefully on Wednesday. Should be on Wednesday. And then the Wednesday after the game, or I'm sorry, the Wednesday of the game, we'll probably just do a post-game pod and call that the episode. So we'll see how things go there. But we'll see you guys next week in Boomer Sooner.